We recorded this news segment on December 18th, 2020. We do record every Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern on betterondraft.tv, facebook.com forward slash betterondraft, and youtube.com forward slash betterondraft. You can join us live in the chat, including during the news segment. We will be off the next two weeks. We will be back on January 8th. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Better on Draft. Of course, you can find us on Untapped and Twitch.tv. That's Bod Podcast, B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Go to our website, betterondraft.com, for news and reviews. Check out the description and join us in our Discord. And if you are on Android, don't forget to check out the Michigan Brewery Map app at www.mibeermap.com. You can download it right on Android, iOS, and the full Android version will be released at the beginning of the year. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's better on draft. Stay safe. Have a good day. Support local beer. And uh, we are back. Everyone's kind of getting back to their seats uh, for better on draft. Uh, if you are listening to this on podcast, that means you're just listening to the news segment, which is uh, recorded on December 18th, which will be uh, released on uh, the 21st, I believe. Um, we're also going to be recording, as we do every single Friday night, our podcast with Perrin Brewing, which we already got done. Go check that out, which is already on our podcast. We also have two more podcasts we're recording tonight because we're taking off Christmas and New Year's. We've we've des- we've earned a break. I feel we've uh, we we earn, we deserve. We're uh, we've been, some we're of us have shopping to do. Uh, Wait, we haven't done your shopping yet. It's not Christmas Eve yet. Calm down. You got plenty of days. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> so before we get into the news, let's uh, let's talk about what we're drinking real quick. Uh, going around, I know we're kind of waiting for Wendy to come back, but Nicholas, what do you got over there? You still double fisting? Uh, no, I'm down to single right now, so I am still <laughs> drinking the haze. What I still believe is Hazel's nuts from Hot Side. I just don't know which vintage it's mystery is. beer. No, it is, it's, yeah. it's a mystery beer in my Cheers mug. So nice. <laughs> All right. I'm Dan? so bad. I broke that mug when I moved to Arizona. Oh gosh. Much. What I what about the same wife and I are wa- actually watching the series right now. Nice. So. I am drinking a barrel aged victory at sea. Oh my god. I remember Ooh, how crazy wow. that beer when uh Ballast Point got to uh Michigan. Oh yeah. And yep. you were drinking these uh the school. The, the habanero sculpin. habanero sculpin all the time oh, that's back gosh. when the show started if you go check yep. out some of the very first episodes of better on draft you will hear that uh robert what do you got over there uh pretty much finished the no rules so i'm gonna move on to uh the rokes raw power which is their barrel aged bourbon barrel aged stout so i'm gonna crack that open in a bit and wendy i'm drinking i have no idea how to say this jubilam sud it is my uh december 18th beer from my costco advent calendar that's wendy that's the same one you and i got right yeah that interesting because that now that's the second instance that the eight has different I, beers on i had a different name. beer like i yeah maybe but, they like, hand packed it i don't know it's interesting uh it's a dunkel which is the first dunkel we've had which is fun because I, I know I haven't gotten I don't think I've gotten that one yet. I um I got the chance my amazing and I, I will definitely say amazing because I I have refused to look at the price but you can see my advent calendar right here ain't as big as yours that's because it's a Japanese whiskey advent calendar and um, I can only imagine because one of the uh, one ounce pours in there is Hibiki 17 which is easily. 
35 to $40 for a one ounce pour at any bar Jesus. you go to. So I can only imagine how much, because Yamazaki 12's in there, there's plenty. I'm actually drinking, though, uh, Warka, uh, which I believe is a, uh, a Polish lager. It's in a uh, 500 milliliter thing here. So I decided to. <laughs> I, well, it's it's from Zwitschek, which is a Polish brewery, so um, I do know it is Polish. Uh, I just don't know what it tastes like. I found it when I went to a uh, random beer store, not random, but a beer store in Ohio, <laughs> and I was just buying single by single by single, and the owner, who was the person running the register, looked at me and started yelling at the uh, the beer seller because the beer seller was like, damn it, why do you do this? Like, why do you get in all these singles? Is and here I am. Pills? Um, it is, is it? it is a, let's, let's read it. A bright from Pilsner. It says from bright from Pilsen and dark roasted combined spices of barley, essentially rich flavor. It says high quality beer. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> that that so seems a bit know. longer than, than you were talking about in terms of pairing any amount of ingredients. I will be honest that a lot of the stuff that I've gotten from the Costco calendar, I've had to look it up to see exactly what style it is. Well, I can. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't really say it on the nope. package at all. No, nope, it doesn't. Half of it's in German, so I don't understand what's <laughs> there's, there's the color right there. So it's definitely a uh, uh, a little more yellow than anything. Um, it's not a, like a, a dark lager or anything like a, a brown color. It's a... Uh, uh, maybe like a, a dark, like a, a honey mustard yellow. So it's not yellow like a bright, but honey mustard. Um, right. Robert, it's the news. It's your job. Here is Robert with the news. Sponsored by our sponsors, the Tuna Liquor in Rochester Hills, as well as uh, North Center Brewing in Northville, Michigan. Um, we appreciate everything that they do for us, especially as we're continuing our growth here at Better on Draft. And guys, don't forget, betterondraft.tv, Fridays, 7 p.m. You can follow us, listen to us live, uh, check it out. Robert, give us some news. Give us some good news. I want a good news article. I'm going to start with good news. I was going to start with some crazy news. But crazy I guess we'll news start, is good news. We'll start We'll start with some good, uh, good-ish news. It's not bad. Uh, but <laughs> we, I saw something that, that happened, I think it was either today or it was yesterday, uh, that South Carolina C- Congressman Joe Cunningham was ending his term as a part of the House of Representatives, uh, but definitely not going home uh, without a little bit of style. Um, during his farewell speech uh, on the House floor, where he focused on bar- bipartisan co- cooperation and a need to serve constituents over oneself, he said, quote, my grandfather always told me that you can get through about any problem if you actually sit down with somebody and have a beer together. And with that, Congressman Cunningham cracked open a beer on the House floor. <laughs> she had to sneak in. Which he did have to sneak in. he knows that it's not legal. It is is against the rules to bring alcohol onto the House floor. And apparently he did did once try to sneak a six-pack onto the floor and got caught. It was probably about a year ago uh, that he tried to do that, and it didn't work. Uh, But he was in the midst of his speech, and he said that line. He cracked open a beer, and he said, and cheers to 
uh, my fellow representatives, did, you know, hoping that, you know, they can uh, cooperate with each other. And then, of course, puts the beer down. He didn't even take a drink of it, which I was a little I was a little annoyed by that because I'm like, That's if you're going to sneak a beer in onto the house floor, at drink least take a, take a drink of it. And it was it's so quick that you can't tell what beer it is. I, I have no idea. Um, I probably have to look at some some uh, some video stills and, and uh, enhanced videos like in episode of 24 to figure out what the hell it is. Um, but you can't tell what the beer is, but I'm kind of like, if you're going to bring a beer to the house floor, why not drink it? What are they going to do? Fire you? You well, already got he, <laughs> he already got fired. Well, he is from South Carolina, so I guarantee that he's got some pretty tasty beer in his hand, whatever it is. Because he also, from the articles that I read on it, he also has been very... Um, What's the word? I'm trying to think of the word. Sorry. I know it's horrible radio. So, um, very drunk? No. He's been very uh, vocal about breweries in South Carolina. So I'm pretty sure that he picked a good one to crack on the floor. Yeah. I, I guess I'm I'm just curious, like, if, if you were able to, to just sneak a can onto the floor, um, I, I think for me... Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like the hell with it. I, I'm going to like go like, <laughs> like, like kind of go deep cut here. And I I would just like take a can of, um, oh geez, I can't think of the friggin' name of it. Uh, Cause Dan would bring it onto the show quite a bit. Not trooper. Um, I would Newcastle. Oh, no. Newcastle. Newcastle. Oh yeah. There you I go. Would, uh, I would bring if, if Newcastle was in cans, I would break out a can of Newcastle and, and just drop that cheers to the house representatives and and just take a drink because i mean it, it's like what ken just said what are you gonna do fire me I, i've already been fired i'm just go ahead and drink it <laughs> For well, me, if i was him i would pick 13 stripes or fireside because they have some both of those breweries had some fantastic beers when i was there for me, I feel like I would choose something that I could slam real quick that's easy to go down because I feel like the sergeant at arms or something would come after me like, hey, you can't have that here. So I'd be like, I need I need something that's uh, probably in a can so I could crush it and uh, crush it faster. You could probably do your old style. Uh, you know, I so I, I would definitely if if I'm a representative, I would do something local Um so something that represents my my brand, not my brand, but at least your district. Where, my district, yeah. Your district. So if being an Ypsilanti, I'd probably bring something at least for distro wise. I'd probably have to do something like um, either Jolly Pumpkin or which uh, I was about to say Witch's Head again, Wolverine State. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, something in the Ann Arbor area for uh, that ha- that would have necessarily cans or something that I could get distro that I could bring in. <laughs> that, 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 that almost sounds like it's like Cannon Kanashevsky becomes first house representative to shotgun a beer. <laughs> Love to see that. You got to go the stone cold route after and start flipping everyone off. <laughs> I would, I would definitely have paid someone to bring like a Bluetooth speaker in to do the glass shattering and the just, just go full in. Like, what are they again? What are they gonna do? They ain't gonna arrest you. I mean, they might. They, they might. They might. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to take it back a little bit since you, since you wanted to start with, you know, kind of fun in the first. I'm, I'm going to go backwards a little bit on this one. Uh, so we saw the news hits the wire this week that uh, the three, uh, three Floyd's Breweries Brew Pub in Munster, Indiana, is going to close permanently now. Uh, brewers, obviously, with uh, much sought-after beers like uh, Zombie Dust and Gumball Head, uh, originally closed the facility back in May due to the COVID restrictions out there, uh, but has now sent a letter to their investors notifying of its permanent closure. Um, now, back in May, Nick Floyd, uh, one of the owners, had said that he couldn't put people in danger and no one should die over a beer. Uh, with the shutdown, uh, three Floyds will put their full force on or full focus rather on production. And obviously, you know, for, for those who are in the area uh, that obviously the brewery had missed out recently on having their Dark Lord Day, which is their annual release of their barrel age Russian Russian Imperial Stout, uh, moving that event to a virtual setting. Uh, now, with their focus uh, on production going now and then obviously into 2021 uh, being a bit of a mystery, you know, back in 2018 was when we saw the announcement of the expansion uh, only to see all of that go away because of everything that is going on and now being put into kind of a, a mode of survival. Uh, so I'm wondering, this is kind of looking a little, I'm getting a little worried with, you know, one of the bigger uh, and and more sought after breweries in the Midwest that kind of sounds like, you know, it, I guess it's a little worrisome that it makes it seem like they are getting to this point where survival might be a little bit too tough. Uh, so I'm wondering what you guys think of what Three Floyds can do to, to make it through. I'm going to start with uh, Ken on that one. Of course you will. Uh, so Three Floyds <laughs> is currently the uh, the 31st uh, largest uh, production-wise, barrelage-wise in the country of uh, craft beer. So they are not the biggest, but they're not the smallest. With regard to where they are um, on the list itself, uh, breweries that are higher than them are like Bell's, uh, who's at number seven. You also have breweries like Great Lakes Brewing who are ahead of them, Allagash. And then just below them, you have Rogue Ales, which we see, Flying Dog, which we see, Revolution, which we see. So they are, I believe, in a – they are in the that middle-tier echelon that I think when we talked about the craft beer bubble – they were the most it was the closest that I think was going to hurt. Either you scale back or you die. And with the COVID-19 pandemic happening right now, I believe that you can't. Obviously, your restaurant has to scale back to zero. Um, not that Indiana has had the regulations that Michigan has had or other states have had. Indiana has been pretty open um, and they promoted being pretty open. I still think people that place is definitely really closed up, too. So I think focusing on production because the production facility is where the tap room is, they can reopen the tap room at any time. Um I feel that is their best bet is if they just focus on production and focus on getting beer out and moving all their beer into 
Um, when we had like Oddside on, they were talking about how they moved all their beer into cans. They're going to start moving all their beer into cans and bottles and selling it there. And when we we've had a few breweries on who saying that this is their best year that they've had because distribution is where they focused on and that's what they did well in. So I think this is where they realize they can't open up their tap room, so there's no point to. Might as well close it. I think Surly did the same thing. Surly closed the tap room too over in Minnesota. So it's not yeah, the first. It won't no, be the with, oh, with, Surly, with Surly, that's kind of under a little bit of speculation right now, isn't it? Because there was the portion where the reason employees thought the brew pub over there was closed was because employees wanted to unionize. And just as they wanted to unionize, that's when it closed. And so there's there's this kind of cloud that I thought was going on with Surly. Well, Minnesota, which we've mentioned on the show, has really interesting, terrible, uh, interesting laws <laughs> with you know distribution, selling out a tap house. So I think you are having not necessarily the same thing over in Indiana, because I don't think Indiana has that amount of crazy laws for distribution for selling out of the tap house. Cause obviously you can go to three Floyd's and at one point it was unlimited what you can buy. Um, but now it's, you know, two cases per trip. I think you, I, I, I think what what is happening with three Floyds kind of helps Surly prove it's anti-union busting, whatever, because another brewery that is as big as Surly is closing their tap room and Surly can go to them and just be or not Surly can, but Surly can point to them and be like, see, we're not the only ones. Here's three Floyds right by us Um, geographically. I mean, you're talking six, seven hours, but that's closer than say like California or Arizona where Dan is. Um, so I, I, I just think that they're going where the money is. The money is in distribution right now. Um, the money is going to be in distribution in 2021. There's no reason to try to reopen to then close again, to then reopen, to then close again, to then re like the, the people in Michigan and what sucks is that here in Michigan, and I know Dan, you're not here. I'm sure you talk to people here. Um, uh, we have a lot of bars, um, not necessarily breweries, but bars who are doing their best to uh, go through the rules and make sure everything's good to go. Whereas a lot of bars are just creating an outside tent and calling it outside. Whereas the rules in Michigan are you can't have three touching walls. So you can have a ceiling and one wall, and that's how your patio or your outdoor seating can be. That's the most you can do is one wall. I think they might have introduced a second wall for the new um, increase in time, but like you have – and what sucks too, and I'm, I'm so long-winded on this, <laughs> but – but again, I wanted to make sure to get that in there because breweries are fighting for their lives right now. Brooks just closed both their, their breweries uh, because even if they could, they're still going to follow the laws because they can't lose their, their brewer license. They lose their brewer license. They're shit out of luck. Like they're, they're screwed. Um, even more so than a bar that gets just a fine for doing indoor dining outside. Um, and right. what secondary happens is that people look at it who are not all that bright um, or don't understand the industry and like, oh, well, you can have this full tent. 
but we can't eat indoors. No, you can't have that full tent. That's <laughs> the whole thing is, is that that whole tent is against the law, but you're using that to try to prove a point that doesn't exist. So yeah. um, I know we'll talk about it because I know we're going to be recording later today, which is going to be released on uh, around Christmas Day, our interview with Chris Hakery over at Austin Brothers, um, as well as we're recording an interview with Kevin DeGood tonight, which you can see Friday night, 7 p.m., better on draft.tv. Um, yep. Real quick, but, I was, I was going to pass it to Wendy because Wendy had something to add to that. Sorry, Wendy. <laughs> Well, a lot of what I had to say, um, Ken kind of covered, but um, like he said, breweries are in full survival mode right now, and Three Floyds is in a position where they're going to be able to make money distributing, but they're not going to be able to make money in their tap room. So it makes a lot of sense for me to hear that they're going to close their tap room down for now until they can reopen it. Well, the tap room is gone for good, if I understand yeah. correctly. They're, they're uh, it's not that. coming back. So, in you know, here's you the thing. You never know See, what's going to happen in a year, as though. As Rob Gronkowski says, yeah, like, yeah, I don't think <laughs> you there's... You know, maybe, maybe there was issues with their landlord, and they decided that they wanted to... You know, there's all kinds of things that we just don't know. I can but tell you, too... Go ahead, Wendy, I'm sorry. If they can make money off of distributing, which... I guarantee all of us are going to buy their beer if we can get it now when we couldn't get it before without driving there. <laughs> it would be you know not. what I mean? Like it, it just makes sense to me for them to make that move as a business. Right. Go on, Dan. I was just going to say, um, you know, you're talking about all these tents and everything going on and, I just got a fun anecdote of anecdotal story of, I don't know if it's happened elsewhere, but something that just happened here this weekend, it was with a tap room, not with a brewery. And this is a perfect reason why you, you really should consider not being open. It sucks, but perfect example. These guys finally got their licenses because it was a new business they bought from someone else. So not a new business. It was an old business. They finally got the licensing <laughs> through First day there, two people who were there tested positive for COVID on Monday. So everyone who went to this re-grand opening was now exposed to COVID the very first day. So I I understand you're like, oh, we got to do this. We got to be open. But at the same time, now you just had 100 people exposed to COVID. You know, you got to draw the line somewhere. I I understand you're like, well, we got to be open, got to do this. But at what? How many costs of lives? How many people going to the hospital? How many people having permanent you know, health issues from this. So I, I'm glad some people are taking a look at this and closing things like their tap rooms because COVID sucks. I can tell you firsthand, COVID fucking sucks. So it's glad to see people are taking the steps and focusing on other ways to make money. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. <laughs> quite, quite all right. All right. Uh, we will go ahead and, and switch over to maybe something a little bit more lighter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. A little, Anyways. Light. A little light. <laughs> a little light. So there was uh, the U.S. Open Beer Championship ran for 2020, uh, and uh, they they obviously pride themselves as being one of the top three beer competitions in the U.S. But of course, despite it being called the U.S. Open, this does include beers from other countries, uh, as they they bragged of being breweries from Luxembourg to Louisiana. Uh, that since more than 6,000 beers representing over 140 different styles uh, for this competition, uh, they have quite an 
few different, like some of the normal categories that you would see, but there's a couple in here, at least one that uh, I'm not used to seeing, especially for things like the the Great American Beer Fest. Uh, but just to kind of go over the the top, what they have as far as the top 10 breweries, um, some of them we know, some of them we don't. Uh, oh, but boy. There's, there's a few that are in here going from 10 to 1. There's a Wellington Brewery that's in Ontario, Spearfish Brewing in South Dakota, Maine and Six Brew Company in Florida, Big Sexy Brewing in California. I don't know <laughs> Kevin, if uh, Kevin is that Nash. Kevin Nash? <laughs> Uh, Amsterdam Brewing in Ontario is six. Five is Rubens Brew Tap Room in Washington. And Rubens is in Paul Rubens. As, Rubens as far as- is such- that place is amazing. Oh my God, Wendy, I agree. That place wait, is so Paul, good. Wait, it was so what? good. <laughs> it is not Paul Rubens. Brewing, yeah. <laughs> I was just putting Paul Rubens. In- no, it's good beer. <laughs> spelling that is all i was so mad i spent a good hour and a half talking to the head brewer there and i'm like i wish i had a microphone like uh i should have just bought out my phone and just started recording our conversation because he was sitting down drinking with mug club members he's like oh you got a podcast what do you talk about and hour and a half later i'm like shit i'm supposed to be going from brewery to brewery so then my problem was i'm like well now i gotta go really fast to these breweries and start slamming <laughs> beers it was walking distance folks by the way walking gotcha. distance so it the, was it was packed uh, when i was there man it was crazy but there was a million dogs which i love so, so, so now i, have I was a, taking a pictures beer of beers beer. my friend was taking pictures of all the dogs so I'll have to give that place a look when if I go out there. Uh, in fourth was Barnaby Brewing in Alaska. Uh, of the top three, there's two, at least two of them that I know of that, that I've, I've had their beers from. Number three, Narrow Path Brewing out of Ohio. Uh, number two, Monday Night Garage in Georgia. Amazing. And, and number one, I'm sure we've all had out of Oregon, Deschutes. Nice. So... As a, a pretty congrats to all of them to make the top 10. Uh, Michigan did win some awards out of this list. Um, there were some some gold for gold, silver, and bronze for styles. Uh, so uh, shout out to a couple of the breweries being Cedar Springs, Third Monk, uh, New Holland winning for Dragon's Milk White. They actually won a gold for that one. Oh, for real? Uh, oh. Uh, New, New Holland. Out. Uh, New Holland, not a stout, that's true. Uh, New Holland got a silver for Hazy River. Uh, There's a workshop brewing out of Traverse City. Uh, Fetch Brewing in Whitehall. American Harvest, uh, which actually, that's the Schoolcraft School. Uh, Getting the the Grand Crew, getting a silver medal for the Grand Crew. Nice. Um, Another, a bronze for American Harvest for their sinful, spelled with a C, Imperial Porter. (laughs) Uh, Haymarket Brewing got a couple bronze medals for their Bollocks and Sturgill. And Territorial, another one for New Holland and Silver Silver Harbor uh, winning for, for bronze medals uh, in their respective categories. Dragon's Milk uh, White won for Barrel-Aged Pale Beer, just so you guys huh. know. There you go. Now, one of the things that I love about this list is that they have... They have a top 10 favorite beer names, which I wish all competitions would have stuff like this because <laughs> there's, there's nothing that that can kind of steer me more than seeing a beer name. Despite me not liking the style of the beer, I will still drink it just because 
you know, as Ascension once said, once you goes a black, I mean, you got to have that beer. You just have to. Uh, So they had a top 10 list of their favorite beer names going 10 from one. You're killing me s'mores. Tipsy goat Bach. Aromatic Dippa, which aromatic spelled A-R-R-O-W, aromatic. Uh, Eight was I Don't Give a Schnitzel Oktoberfest. Seven is Fog Eat Fog World. Uh, Six is Double Rog Dare You. Five, Straight Kick to the Scotch Ale. Four as Flavus Maximus. Three is Breaking Bud. Two as purple floors and dinosaurs, and number one menace to sobriety. Which, like I said, that. that's some some pretty decent names in there. So it, it's kind of. I was kinda... gonna say Breaking Bud's the one that got the C and D from Breaking Bad, didn't it? Did they? <laughs> I I kind of feel like they did, but maybe they got maybe they worked something out. I I don't know. <laughs> no no idea. I with. I, I, I love like championships because obviously it gives us content here at Better on Draft to talk about. Um, having done one uh, World Expo of beer, like it it becomes a crapshoot after a while. So <laughs> I um, I I saw a lot. Oso got a few over in Arizona, Dan. I think Oso got two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I'm excited now that I see that there's two Ontario breweries, and since they're uh, a little bit close, when Ontario allows um, Michigan people to go into the state or country again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think that's an Ontario thing. I think that's a Canadian thing. It's, that's, that's, that's very much a Canadian. It's, a, it's very much a Canadian. They don't want us there right now. Yeah. So yeah. it looks like one's in Toronto. I don't blame them either. One's in Toronto. One's in <laughs> Guelph. So. Awesome. Well, long drive. So, <laughs> just a side note, I have a really funny um, Monday Night Garage story. Not for tonight, but at some point, I will tell you the story about my trains, planes, and automobiles oh, to Lord. Monday Night Garage. Channeling oh. <laughs> <laughs> the John Candy here. We'll yeah. uh, we'll hear it if we if we get to uh, King of the Hill tonight. We'll uh, we'll grab that story from you for oh, sure. <laughs> I see that based on the the timing that we have tonight, because we're recording four episodes tonight, we got nine minutes left. Robert, let's let's get one more. I think we can okay. get one more discussion in. So I guess I don't know. I guess we'll see if we go deep into this one. Uh, so we didn't get to talk, get to talk about it the last few weeks because they had just recently opened. Uh, but after uh, all of this time and there being roughly 350 operating breweries as of 2019 that Michigan gets its first fully black owned brewery in Black Calder Brewing, which uh, mm. opened uh, that opened a few weeks ago uh, out of the Broadleaf local beer uh, location out in Grand Rapids. It's in a suburb of Kentwood, which actually is not too far away from Perrin which is in Comstock. Nope. Uh, so they are currently making their beer, uh, doing so under contract brewing, a uh, contract brewing model, which is basically kind of the same way that Brew Detroit had operates or operated or still operates. Uh, they, they, they are brewing their own creations as well as beers for, for other area breweries. 
they've recently put out a couple posts on Facebook for some on online sales. And in each time that they have released their beers, uh, those beers have sold out in roughly uh, anywhere from uh, roughly four minutes to nine minutes. Uh, their, their stuff has sold out pretty quick. Um, but, you know, in a time where we have, you know, talked about diversity and the lack of diversity and, of course, um, our own Harry Weaver, part of the Bruce Brothers for the culture, uh, who did a, a review of the, the book Beer and Racism uh, that he actually had a, a piece in this article that, that I pulled from the Free Press uh, that's obviously saying that he's a big, huge believer in representation and knows for a fact that there are plenty of black craft beer drinkers, but also knows for a fact that we're not very well represented on the retail side of the industry or on the production side and thinks that that is important, which I agree with that, that there's not a lot out there. And we know that there's not a lot out there. Uh, but I'm curious for, for you guys and what we've seen from this year, what we've had, what we've seen from the previous year with Charlotte Street Brewing. Uh, I'm not going to bring up their name on this part, uh, but with representation and wanting to see more representation going into 2021, that having Black Calder in the state has been, I think for myself, has, has been kind of, you know, uplifting and very important to the craft beer industry and looking forward to kind of seeing this going forward. Uh, so I, I guess, I, I don't know, I guess I just want to just throw it out there for opinions and see, see what you guys think. Well, Robert, what do you think about Arctic Circle Brewing? Arctic Circle? Now, see, you would know about Arctic Circle if you downloaded the Michigan Brewery Map app, which is available on public beta right now, mibeermap.com, which is going to be another black-owned brewery out in Chesterfield, Michigan. I know that's I remember way north. We talked about this before. We, we have, yes. These are two different uh, uh, black-owned breweries who are going to be opening uh, within the state in 2021 as uh, Black Calder is opening their own. I know they're doing contract, but obviously they're looking for a brick-and-mortar place for themselves. Um, yeah, that was better acting than the McDonald's commercial, but go ahead. Thank you. Uh, I, I I feel that having talked to so many people in the industry, meeting so many people, obviously sitting down with the Bruce Brothers, sitting down with the Divas, sitting down with Fermenta, Girls Pine Out, um, finding the people who create the beer that matches who you are is important to a lot of people. Um, yeah. you know, for me, uh, straight white male out here in, uh, Michigan, um, you know, we see craft beer, not necessarily as our own. It's just kind of what has happened, which isn't true. It's a mirage. Um, there are black beer drinkers. There are women beer drinkers. There are, you know, gay, lesbian beer drinkers. All these people exist, but we just don't see them because we don't see them making the beer we don't see them owning the brewery and as more and more people are getting into the industry as more and more people are getting into um that specific part of the industry i should say which is what we talked about a while ago when we had fermenta on is is that they were trying to get um you know women and uh women of color not necessarily 
you know, doing dishes, cooking food. Like we talk about all these people who are in the back of the house and in the front of the house, but not the brew house. Um, and I think that is the big change that we want to see in 2021 as a lot of these people taking advantage of um, just like as, as I've mentioned on the show and I'll mention again here, if you are, um, wanting to go and you need, you know, to a Cicerone class or a beer class or something, um, and you need money for gas or you need money for the CBS or something like that, better on draft at gmail.com. Hit us up, talk to us. We want to hear from you. We want to help you. We want to help you get into the industry um, because we feel that you're you need to be in the industry. I think you need to help change the industry. You need to help progress the industry. I think the industry is a little bit stagnant and you guys are, um, what can make that change? That's my opinion. We got like three minutes left. Anybody yeah. else can go, Wendy, go. I mean, so, um, for my birthday tour in Grand Rapids, we hit Broadleaf and it was the first time cause they weren't open when I was there the last time. And I completely fell in love with them because their beer was amazing. The food was good. Um, I really liked the atmosphere. They were doing stuff to people, keep people safe. Um, they talked to, to a, like they actually came out to the table and talked to us about um, the partnership that they have with Brewery of Vivant. And they also talked to us about Black Calder and the fact that they were going to be opening and they were so excited that they were going to be brewing there. So I think that um, for a company that definitely has high standards, I haven't gotten a chance to try Black Color yet, but I'm really excited to try it because they were so they were so excited to tell me about the fact that they were opening. So I think that that is a big deal too because they're they're not just coming out of nowhere; they're coming from people who have good experience and are telling us we need to try their stuff. Definitely. And I mean, as far as, you know, the industry, you know, definitely still shout out to uh, Barb Baker, who we had on the show, the Cyber to Stouts a couple weeks ago. And of course, I, I think he is he's probably still watching Mr. Mark Daniels. So uh, pound Michigan beer right here. And and for, to everybody who from them to Harry, Wayne, Sasha, the whole Bruce Brothers crew um, locking it down because, you know, we here. Be drinking. All right. Uh, and we're going to think... drink your stuff. Oh, yes. That's, that does. sounds weird when I say it like that. Never mind. <laughs> uh, it is 824. <laughs> um, we are live better on draft.tv Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Obviously, we're taking Christmas and New Year's uh, off. So we will be back for dry or damp January for uh, Wendy over there. Um and that's going to do it better on draft the news 12 18 2020 no matter what you think of your beer we think it is better on draft have a good night baba mwaba oreza peace